0: Uh, guess who has to go under deposition? <speaking in Chinese Simms> Dr.
1: Fauci, give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been
0: quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay
1: distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Ooh. Fauci, yes, promise us please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease.
0: Restrictions will lift with some ease. Ooh. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. <clears throat> And a bunch of other psychopaths are going to have to undergo deposition. Do you regret, particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some said made things worse? No, I I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do, to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily, Mm. the country, I think, is important. Well, if I knew... He's going under deposition. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And praise God for the opportunity for Eric Schmidt and his team of state AGs to put Fauci and the so-called Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, Murthy, Jen Saki, Andy Slavitt, and others under deposition, under oath. This is the Missouri versus Biden lawsuit we're going to have Fauci under oath. We're going to have the Deputy Assistant, the President and Director of White House Digital Strategy, Rob Flaherty, under oath. The so-called COVID-19 Advisory Board member, Andy Slavitt, under oath. Former White House Press Secretary, Jen Saki, FBI Supervisory Agent, Elvis Chan. Awesome. FBI. CISA Director, Jen Easterly. Or her colleague, Lauren Protentis. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, Carol Crawford, CDC Chief of Digital Media Branch, and Daniel Kimmage, Acting Director of the State Department's Global Engagement Center. This is maybe the biggest and best news we've had on multiple fronts. This is about the social media censorship. But Eric Schmidt is a good enough AG that he knows he can help uh, fight this entire PSYOP. By getting these people under oath to answer a range of questions, not just how they shut down the free speech of Americans, not just how they made Twitter, or, or at least recognized that Twitter is a tool of the government, not just that Facebook and YouTube work for the government, which makes them illegal actors. They can be sued for violating our First Amendment rights. They can be made into government agencies in that regard if they took orders from government to violate our free speech rights they can be sued for a gob of money that's a scientific phrase but let's remind ourselves that, that this isn't just the fouch and his fellow psychopaths and I describe behaviors there. Nope I've not met fauci and I'm not a psychiatrist. But I, as just as well as you can, can read the characteristics of a psychopath and study them and look at what Fauci has done and continues to do and recognize that the man has no ability to recognize truth, no caring about the suffering of others. In fact, revels in it and exploits it and has his entire career. And I went back and looked at the archives of this program in December of 2021. I did a blog on how to cross-examine Fauci. And I want to dip back into that, but also some of the things that are hanging out there as absolute softballs for Eric Schmidt and the team um, of state AGs on which they can hit Fauci and many of the other people who surround this. This should be an extraordinary moment as they get to talk well beyond uh, social media, because I, I tell you how I do to the judge. They said it was disinformation. We're going to determine, Judge, and we're going to prove that, in fact, it wasn't disinformation, that, in fact, it was the government not just censoring but forcing these companies to lie. And one day, I hope to see, I hope to see uh, people at the Federal Reserve and Secretary of Treasuries, uh, I, I hope to see them deposed. One day to talk about the COVID money scandal which was the biggest transfer of wealth in history. They did it twice, twice for $360 billion. Uh, They did it illegally by purchasing corporate debt. They're not allowed to do that. It is specifically prohibited, and yet they did it anyways. They did it twice. BlackRock had that plan two years or so ahead of the COVID flu that much liquidity, that much quantitative easing, Zach Abraham and I have agreed that quantitative easing might be better described as money conjuring because that's what it is. And it's really only Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management who tells these sorts of truths about the financial system because other people will say, well, if people understand how rigged it is, they're not going to give us their money. They're not going to invest with us. Well, hey, how about if you do tell the truth and say, we recognize the rigged system and we're not going to be rigged. We're going to steward monies. We're going to recognize the risky environment. Tomorrow is your last chance this year uh, to attend a free live webinar run by Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And here's what they're doing. Take your portfolio, whatever it is, 5 million, 1 million, 50, Is it set up to handle the chaos economy? Is it is it set to succeed in that? Do you have the risk management levers And knobs put in place. Well, he's going to answer that by digging into what their risk management strategy is at Bulwark Capital Management, how they employ it, how they apply it to every single portfolio. And Zach, as you know, 95% or 90 so percent of his family's net worth is in this company. He'll get deep into the weeds, fully transparent, and he always makes time for questions because that's sort of Zach's favorite part of these free live webinars. It is tomorrow at 3 p.m., Pacific. That's uh, Thursday, October 27th, 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, got to register because these things sell out and now it's less than a day. So, go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice can not begin with the Client Service Agreement Board Capital Management an Investment Advisor representative of the Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. So, the Fouch is going to face deposition. And uh, December 2021, I wrote a piece called How to Cross Examine the Fauci, or actually, How to Cross Examine Tony Fauci. 10 questions for a human rights criminal. And the picture is Fauci at the baseball game, his wife and his friend wearing the woke masks, and Fauci grinning and smiling and giggling without his woke mask on. Now, mind you, again, this was December 2021. First question Why did you change the definition of how deaths are counted, which had the effect of making COVID appear to be 35 to 40% of COVID deaths? appear 35 to uh, 40% higher than they would have been under the previous method? Question number one, why did you do that? Question number two, why did you change the definition of a case of COVID from a known verified illness determined through examination by a doctor to include temperature, nose, and throat cultures and other symptoms to a PCR test that at high threshold levels you admit cannot distinguish between actual COVID and the antibodies from a a years-old cold? Number three, why did you ignore the official position of the global health authorities, a position emphasized in a paper written by several of your own team members, which indicated lockdowns are not the way to deal with a respiratory virus, and there may, in fact, make the situation worse? Question number four, again, back in December 2021. And remember, Jake Tapper this past weekend discovered that there were lockdown harms. To his his chagrin, there's not a national conversation. Question number four. Why did you ignore a massive meta-analysis of six randomized controlled trials performed over some 45 years in which people with lab-confirmed influenza were observed in masked and unmasked situations, wherein the CDC's own conclusion was masks do not inhibit the transmission of upper respiratory viruses? Number five. Why did you attack the reputation and suppress the medical use of two absolutely non-controversial drugs, each of which have strong histories of helping people avoid getting seriously ill with respiratory viruses, when you actually referred to one of them, hydroxychloroquine, as, quote, Well, it's really part therapeutic in, in part vaccine. Number six. Why, Fauci, have you ignored the fact that naturally acquired immunity is more durable and elastic than any effects of the mRNA, DNA, ANA, COVID shots, even as over 120 studies now have proved to be the case? By the way, it's, it's now well over 1,200 studies. Number seven, why have you allowed the impression to persist that children are at risk in any meaningful way from the COVID flu? Number eight, why have you pushed for children to be injected with mRNA, DNA, ANA, COVID shots when there are no mathematical measures by which children benefit from them and they are, in fact, at greater risk from the injections than the COVID flu itself? Number nine, why did you pay third parties to continue to use taxpayer money to perform gain-of-function research with the Communist Party of China when you knew such research was forbidden? forbidden? Number ten, why have you suppressed access to monoclonal antibodies? All of these questions are relevant in a trial on misinformation because it begins with this for me. What did the CDC contend was disinformation? Because this can move the trial to a whole different stage. It can move the trial into Tony Fauci didn't just order or con or persuade or pay social media companies to push the injections and pimp the mRNA. Tony Fauci orchestrated a psyop of lies, knowingly. See, the truthful answers to all of these, he cannot truthfully answer. Why did you ignore a meta-analysis of six randomized controlled trials performed over some 45 years? And this was a case where people had lab-confirmed influenza and were in groups of people for long periods of time across all sorts of different environments. One was in an apartment setting. One was, this is so fascinating, one was on a trip to Mecca. It was people going to honor their religious commitment by going to Mecca, and they got flu, masked, unmasked. It's the biggest meta-analysis ever done. He cannot truthfully answer that question. You do not want to be in a deposition where you have to lie or refuse to answer. And his lawyers would jump in and say, that's not relevant to the social media censorship. And, and Eric Schmidt's lawyers should jump in and say, oh, we beg to differ, Your Honor. This is the center of the case. Tony Fauci wasn't protecting public health. Tony Fauci wasn't protecting Americans. Tony Fauci was pimping mRNA injections. Why? Sure as heck wasn't for health. What's, what was it again that I was quoting last week? psalm? Was it, now I'm forgetting the psalm. I'm so awful this way. Gosh, Lord, please forgive me. I remember the phrase. I remember the phrase, count not on your own, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Fear God, shun evil. <laughs> if Fauci had done any of these things, we wouldn't be in this circumstance. But he's the one in the circumstance now. He's going to be deposed. And there's so much. So much surface area. There's this, Debbie Burks. I want to get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who have been fully vax- vaccinated and, and boosted and all that. And they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who've not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, well, why bother? Why bother? What do you what do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's gonna save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during the law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not gonna protect
1: against infection and I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not gonna protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It
0: will, but let's be very clear. 50% Fifty percent of the people who died from the amicron surge were older, vaccinated. So, number one question: Play that audio. And since you're in court, you have to call him Doctor. Doctor Fauci. Did Deborah Burks hide her opinion that these injections would not stop not stop infection? And incidentally, if they don't stop infection, they don't stop transmission. I mean, you get that right. Infection doesn't start from within. If a drug doesn't stop infection, it doesn't stop transmission. So question, Dr. Fauci, did Debbie Burks hide that from you? Was she the cause of all this? She didn't come and tell you? Tony, you know these things don't stop infections, right? The whole thing falls apart. It becomes not just a trial of social media censorship. It becomes a trial of, of a literal farmagandist psyop against the American people. Well, and against the people globally. I hope Eric Schmidt is thinking this way as an opportunity to expand this case to destroy the technocrats, to, to, to destroy the CDC, to tear it apart legally. To get to the heart of the, the influence peddling that is so obvious. I mean, it is, it is so brutally obvious the, the way that these people are absolutely, absolutely conflicted. They couldn't be more conflicted. This should come up. We talked yesterday, about, or on Monday, about the fact that we now know that the CDC and the federal government set as a goal reaching every show host and show producer to con them or blackmail them or pay them or threaten them or cajole them or scare them into pimping the mRNA injections. This should be part of the trial. You know, I think that all of America should be appalled that America's doctor, the leading expert on COVID and public health, doesn't want to divulge information, doesn't want to divulge his communications with big tech. But it goes even beyond that. The last time I had him in a hearing, we told him that through freedom of information, we discovered that 193 NIH scientists had taken. No, it was 1,800 scientists had taken $193 million in royalties. And his response was, not that I'll look into it and I'll reveal it. His response was, by law, we don't have to. And this goes to the money. Who paid for this? Was it just the American taxpayer? Because, by the way, that would be theft. Thou shalt not steal. That would be theft. Who paid for all this censorship? Who paid for it? That should be at the center of this. There is so much surface area to hit Fauci. Sure, you remember, you may be killing your grandma even if you don't feel sick. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, An epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. Now, do you know that this may change? Fauci may succeed, and Debbie Burks and Robert Redfield and Francis Collins, the fr- the fake evangelical Christian. You're not an evangelical Christian if you believe in, in experimenting on babies in the womb and selling their body parts while you kill them, after you kill them, or maybe just before you kill them. Sorry, you don't get to do that. The, do you know that they may, in fact, be the team that causes the asymptomatic spreader? Of respiratory viruses. Because of the mutations being caused by the constant boosting. Truly they may be. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that. The, the CEO of Moderna. Has admitted. That the new. The, the, the new versions of COVID. He's admitted that this is endemic like the flu we'll get to the whole statement but listen to this i think it's going to be like the flu
2: which is again if you're 25 years old do you need an annual booster every year if you're healthy you you might want it to protect other people you might want it because you don't want to get sick and miss work or miss vacation or so on.
0: but wait until you hear this guy dissemble the truth oh this is the biggest day in truth And just please, let's take a moment to praise God. We have been, haven't we been praying that the liars will be found out? Haven't we been praying that they will be brought to justice and that they're going to be, their lies are going to shine brightly for everybody to see? Haven't we been praying for this? Man, I, I think as a society, we really need to do a better job of thanking God when things like this happen. Really. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't do things for my kid because I want to be thanked. I do things for her because I am called to steward her to the degree that I can as a father, the degree that I allow God to work through me to do that and don't block God's way. And sometimes I give her things because I enjoy the, I, I, I experience joy watching her be happy. So sometimes I drop in with a surprise. Hey, I went to the wellness bar this morning. I got you some of your wacky vegan stuff. And by the way, it's delicious. And when I get a sincere thank you from that, I don't know about you, but I feel, I feel fantastic when I get that. I feel appreciated. I feel loved. So let's thank Father God that this is coming to light. Now we'll get to Bansell's statement, but this is not just a Fauci thing. This is other areas of government, and Eric Schmidt would do well. He would be a, pa- well, he's a patriot for doing this, but he could do such a tremendous service to this country by carefully expanding the area of ground he covers in this, because the fight against censorship is the fight on behalf, it's a godly fight. Here's what I mean. Our conscience is our bridge to God. The Apostle Paul tells us right and wrong is encoded in our bodies, speech is is something we, we the only creature who has it in a way that is communicative. At least to the degree that we have it. Hey, the Soda Weight Loss Program is a way to keep yourself out of the clutches of the technocrats. It's also something that I just, I, I feel just called this week uh, to really talk to people who are tired. Uh, do you wake up? And getting out of bed is a physical pain. Now, look, dropping unwanted fat doesn't fix everything. I mean, let's not be let's not be Fauci's over here. It doesn't. But, man, it makes everything easier. And if you're tired of the weight, I remember it. Uh, for me, it was airplanes. I remember getting into the seat, and there was nothing I could do to hide my gut. Nothing. You can't bring a pillow on an airplane and hug it so it doesn't, you know... You think people don't know you're carrying around a bunch of extra fat? Now, the Lord sort of protected me from real body image issues. I, it, I never really went around, you know, want to cut myself or hate myself because of that. My dad hated himself because of the extra body fat. Hated himself. Is it that way with you? Now, I, I can relate because I've seen it with, with kids. I saw it with my dad. Um, does it affect you in the ways of, uh, oh, I still want to do that? You know, I can remember times where people have put on a lot of extra body fat and they, they go to a beach and their friends are water skiing and they're sitting in the shade and, yeah, it's hot because, man, when you got a lot of extra body fat on you, it's you're always hot in the sun. Uh, but furthermore, oh, I can't water ski. No, I'm not going out there in a swimsuit. Now, look, life is not about swimsuits and water skiing, but it is about living to the fullest and if this stuff has weighed on you for a very long time, please, please, please stop it. Put aside the pride or the fear or whatever it is and get in touch with my friends at, at uh, soda weight loss. SOTA Weight Loss. S O T A Weight It stands for State of the Arts. Number one, you're not going to be judged. They've been through the program. They're healthcare providers from background. Most of them have, have lost a ton of fat with it, kept it off. Number two, They're going to tell you how long they think it will take, and they're very good because they're scientific. They predict it very well. That equates to cost. When you hear the cost, remember they're providing you the bulk of the foods that you will eat, and you'll get the support from people who are going to love you through the process. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It's not just Fouch. And it's not just Burks, and I guess Burks doesn't have to be there. Lucky for him that Burks doesn't have to be there. They should, they should subpoena Burks. They should make her come and talk about the fact that she knew the injections weren't going to stop infection, which of course means they don't stop transmission. They should subpoena her. Maybe they will. But it can't just end at the CDC, and I'm thrilled to see that the FBI is being, that, that FBI officials are being brought into this. The other people they need to bring into this are the Department of Homeland Security because they did the same thing. They're doing it now. On so-called election misinformation, they're doing it now. I just got a note from the so-called Secretary of State's office in the separate country of Washington saying that they've announced a system to tell us in advance about all the disinformation that's being pushed, but they didn't mention what that was. They just used Trump's name. Because remember, Josh Hawley brought Mayorkas the boss man of the Department of Homeland Security, who admits, he admits, did you know this? Mayorkas admits he knew that the border security agents weren't whipping illegal immigrants. He knew it was fake. He knew that nobody was getting whipped. And yet he played along. One of the big fixes we need in our system is when a public official lies openly like that, it's perjury. Because if we go into court under oath and lie, it's perjury. We can be in big trouble. When you take the oath of office, you're upholding the Constitution of the United States, and we should add to that, that you will tell the truth to the best of your ability, and if caught in an open lie, you'll resign and you will forfeit your entire salary and your entire retirement if you're caught in an obvious lie. Josh Hawley, of course, has been all over Mayorkas. Their disinformation and and, and censorship of Americans in regard to immigration and voting, Mayorkas went into committee
1: and lied to Josh Hawley. And provided to us documents from the Department of Homeland Security relating to that agency's disinformation board that secretary alejandro mayorkas testified about sitting right there just a few weeks ago but according to the documents that i have in my hand here that senator grassley and i have now made public the testimony that secretary mayorkas gave to this committee under oath i might add was in many respects deeply misleading deeply misleading and the information we've now learned about the administration's efforts to track and censor American speech is deeply shocking. And I'd like to take a moment to go through with this whistleblower, who I thank for that person's patriotism, to go through with these documents disclosed. And what was disclosed was
0: it wasn't a working group. <laughs> it wasn't just a play group. It was a decision-making group. It was a coordinated group. They met with Facebook. They met with YouTube. They met with social media companies. Here's what we'd like you to do. These companies agreed to this. It was the same thing as it was with COVID. And it's going to be the same exact thing in this trial as we find this out. And I hope he could expand it into the Department of Homeland Security because remember mayorkas had said that people who speak untruths or disinformation as they like to say about the covid flu are domestic terrorists remember this that if you doubt if you question the public health officials you're showing signs of being a domestic terrorist if you don't like the covid mitigation policies you're showing a sign of being a domestic terrorist And you'll notice now that the things that the technocrats like Bantzell are saying, and no, I've not forgotten about the full statement from the CEO of Moderna, that they're now saying are the things that we were saying three years ago.
1: This is a great day. And Josh Hawley has been all over this Majorca stuff. The disinformation board is necessary, this memorandum says, because of those who question election integrity, because of those who have questions about January 6th. So now we get to the nub of it. We see that, in fact, this disinformation board from the beginning was meant to track and go after political speech that this administration did not favor. And for an executive department to do that, and frankly, to mislead this committee about it, is deeply, deeply disturbing. And it's wrong. I mean, it's just plain wrong. As we look through the documents, you see that what the secretary told the committee about the disinformation board's operation is just not true. He repeatedly told this committee that the disinformation board would be just a working group, just a working group. That's not what the documents say. No, it doesn't. That's not what the interactions with the social media companies and big tech say. It wasn't a
0: working group. It was a group doing work. A working group is a discussion group. It's an idea group. It's, hey, what if group? This was a group that was engaged in work. They were producing work product they're having an effect on American society. This Eric Schmidt case, this Missouri case, this AGs against Fauci, it needs to be blown out. And this is an opportunity for it. And and again, I say, I, I, I'm sorry if I sound like a, like, a, like a repeating meme, an audio meme, but where in the name of God is Mitch McConnell on this? You know what Americans don't like almost across the board is being lied to. You know what they don't like almost across the board is being told to shut up. Yes, young people want to shut us up, and that's a generational thing we're going to have to approach because they've been taught that silence is violence in words are violence. But but you know, blowing up blowing up a pro life center is not violence. That's called counter violence, and that's going to have to be approached. But thank the Lord that this is coming out now. I want to compare something. In a second here I want to compare what Bancel is saying now to one of the most extraordinary happenings. I cannot believe that this got on the air at MSNBC. It's we did a panel yesterday on CBS News, um, where no, it was no, it was earlier today, the CBS News panel. Where they, they brought in people to talk about their concerns about the election, and it, it became a discussion about critical race theory and wokeism and the sexual left and the, you know, fake process of trans and kids. I mean, it's a real process, but the word transgender is a fake word. It doesn't mean anything. Do you remember that? We just played that. You should hear that the first hour because this is very related. MSNBC uh, put together this panel of people who uh, have a different view on January 6th that does the entire organization of MSNBC because it's a propaganda organization. So they all have the same view. And the setup to this is so, so, so psyop. The so called reporter, moderator for the panel, is a single young woman, and she is seated back like 30 feet. She's seated like 30 feet away from the people who are Trump supporters. And and it's so clever. It's such a subtle, we seated our reporter 30 feet away in case they decide to kill her. (laughs) It is such, such staging. But I want to compare that to what the CEO, the boss man over at the criminal cartel, the drug cartel called Moderna said. No, I do, because there is a comparison here, and it continues to to just, right now, put me in a great state of mind. Thank the Lord. Praise God that he has allowed people to see this. Praise God that he is allowing Fauci and these people to be brought in for deposition, where the best they can do for themselves is refuse to answer, plead the fifth. Oh, thank the Lord for this moment. I, I, man, I want to fly and watch this. I want to go to the trial. Okay, so um, the information is in from you guys. I asked for a bunch of feedback about my pillow, and uh, you guys are not shy about telling me things. When there's been a challenge with uh, one of our partners that we endorse, you know, I used to get notes sometimes about uh, partners at the radio show that we endorsed, and and I'm trying to think of one. Oh, I know there was one where someone was calling a a doctor I work with, and I love, I dearly love Dr. Lee Yardley, dearly love that man, brilliant, brilliant chiropractor. Uh, in fact I miss his treatments. Gosh, he's a good man. And we got these complaints. Uh, we're calling Dr. Garley we're not getting any any phone calls back. I thought, no, nah, it's not. No way. And so I I got in touch with them, called them and said, Hey, what's going on? Well, we're calling him and here's the number. I go, Oh, where'd you get that number? Oh, Google. Oh. Well, you know, I say the number in the ads. I know, but we never we never write it down because we're trying so, Google had hijacked uh, Dr. Yardley's page. You know, someone had bought ads to make it pretend like they were a Lee Yardley. So, they kept getting these calls from this random doctor like, who's this guy? Well, because they weren't calling the right number. But people are not shy. The word is in on my pillow. I've yet to hear anyone say anything against my pillow. Um, the products are now on the bed, and to give it three or four days to make sure I continue to love them and get the family's comments but man i think that we're going to do some business with mike lindell at my pillow which would be so fascinating because it take me take me back to the radio days uh and it would be the second big company that came to us it's a big moment uh if this works and the pricing works and and they like us and across this test period i like the product but man you guys like the products and it's not just mike you guys were very specific in that so thank you so much uh, for sharing your opinion about this. It's important to me that you guys help us you know, check these companies out. All right, so here's the comparison. Uh, let me start with Bansell and what he says, his full statements of the, the state of play right now. This is the CEO of Moderna.
2: Is the COVID vaccine going to become that? Is it going to be an annual COVID booster for a very long time to come, or maybe for the rest of our lives. And how do you, you know, how do you merge that with the fact that there is already low uptake of this new variant booster? So I think it's interesting. The uptake is actually stronger than seasonal flu from the data I've seen recently. So we have to see toward the end of the season what does it look like? It's the first time we're gonna be more in an endemic setting than a pandemic setting. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll be smarter in a month or two, but the current data surely is a better uptake than seasonal flu shot. And I think it's going to be like the flu, which is again, if you're 25 years old, do you need an annual booster every year? If you're healthy, you, you might want it to protect other people. You might want it because you don't want to get sick and miss work or miss vacation or so on. But I think it's going to be very similar to flu where the key is going to be people at high risk people about 50 years of age, people with comorbidity, people with cancer and other conditions, you know, transplants. Uh, and that's really important to think about. And if you look at it uh, around the world, that is one 1.5 billion people. So it's a lot of people that going to need an annual booster, and people that are younger are uh, going to have to decide for themselves what they want to do. I mean, the example I always use is myself. You know, I've been taking a flu shot for the last 20 years. You know, I just turned 50. So in my 30s, in my 40s, I took an annual flu shot. Is it because I was worried of being hospitalized? Of course not. I just didn't want to be sick. I wanted to be able to work. And I believe that the best thing we can all do in medicine is prevention. And vaccine is uh, one of the most amazing healthcare tools we all have. So Absolutely. I took a vaccine against flu so I didn't get sick. And so I could you know, have a normal life and work and take my vacation and be with my friends
0: and family right and you hear that in the background that's a yahoo finance pharmacandist laughing along oh absolutely 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 she she isn't going to take five seconds to say wait a minute now you said that the uptake of the mrna injections is better than the uptake for influenza and yet you've also said that I can play the audio of the guy saying, we're throwing this stuff out. Well, the problem is no one wants to boost this. We're throwing them away. They're tossing them in the garbage. What he's talking about is the aggregated numbers from when the injections were forced. Yeah, uptake's pretty good when you say, we're going to take away your means to feed your family unless you let us inject you with this poison. Funny thing. A lot of people gave into that. A lot of people felt they didn't have a choice. So they allowed them to shoot a lie and God knows what else into their bodies because this was not about healthcare. So the uptake was pretty good, but the current uptake is, is ridiculously bad. Well, I mean, good in that it's not no longer harming people, but parents, less than 5% of, of, of kids in the United States have been boosted with this garbage. Thank the Lord Almighty. And Benzel cell knows that. That's why they're throwing away the injections. But furthermore, the influenza vaccines are anywhere between 18 and 34% effective for a little while. And we've never bothered to check on the side effects of those, ever. Because, oh, well, they're just flu shots. Not anymore. Now they're going to be mRNA. So the, here's the tissue that ties this all together. Why is it just social media companies? It needs to be the Mockingbird Media. Now, it's harder because social media companies pretend to be platforms. They, they have the, um, the Section 230 waiver where they, they get to say, oh, we're platforms. We're not publishers. You can't sue us for libel. You can't sue us for libeling people. You can't sue us for lies, disinformation, et cetera. We're just, uh, we're just platforms. Unless someone's making a criminal threat, we don't take it down because we're just platforms. And that's, they've hung themselves up with that, by that claim because it's opened the door for Schmidt to come back and go, You're not platforms. You're agents of the government. You are violating the First Amendment rights of Americans. You're agents of the government. It's a harder case to make against the media because no one, you know, there's no argument that CBS News is a platform, that we have the right to go be on CBS News. But there's this the Mockingbird media has libeled people. On behalf of Fauci, they have used their First Amendment cover to libel the doctors of the Great Barrington Declaration, to destroy the careers of people like Dr. Robert Malone, to destroy the work of physicians who've been telling the truth on this, like Dr. Ryan Cole, to get licenses pulled, to shutter clinics. There are areas of the country, rural areas of the country, that have lost their hospitals. There, there, there are places in the country that had a local hospital that's gone because of the COVID lies that the media transmitted on behalf of the Fauci. So you can talk all day long about the social media companies, and yes, it will be fantastic, particularly to see Fauci's lies brought to light. And the psychopaths who work with the top psychopath, and I'm describing a behavior, psychopathic behaviors. But it's also paramount that we take all of this evidence and allow people to go sue the media because you weren't just doing editorial. You didn't just one day decri- decide to attack the doctors at the Great Barrington Declaration, you were told to do it by government using taxpayer money to lie to 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 force into the media company's false witness. it's it's actually taking our money and and, and bearing false witness against our brothers and sisters. It's sin by degree probably it's a, it's, it's sin by a degree of separation. So that's the tissue that ties this all together which brings us to J6. And brings us to this panel discussion on MSNBC. And this is just extraordinary that this made it on MSNBC. So again, let me just set this up. This is a young reporter, a young female reporter. And she is... (laughs) And the panel of Trump supporters are in sort of a horseshoe shape. Uh, The furthest part of it, the bottom of the U being the furthest away from her she's 30 feet away in this this huge cavernous room because they're showing the distance between them and and psychologically they're thinking they're thinking you know getting people to think wow those must be really dangerous people look how far they've got that reporter away from them unless one of them pulls an, an AR117 and a half uh with an extendable uh book of bullets MSNBC speak for an AR15 and a mag. So here is the way this panel unfolds. And this woman inserts... By the way, never let anyone insert language in your mouth. Ever. Never, never respond to their premise. She starts by calling this an insurrection. If you're ever in this moment, you're ever there, please begin by saying, um, I I don't agree that a riot that got out of hand was an insurrection, and let me continue. But never, ever, ever buy into their premise or their framing because everything else you're doing then it starts with what she's doing is uh we got people and we found trump supporters and they defend the insurrection so always claim your own terms always claim your own framing well thank you for asking about that i disagreed that this was an insurrection it was a riot that in my opinion was allowed to get out of hand and now let me explain that but never sit in their framing. So that's that's the setup. Here's the panel.
1: Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay?
0: This young man is so good. He is young guy, probably mid twenties, uh, wearing. I, we're not supposed to call him stocking caps anymore. What's the hipster phrase for that? Do I say beanie? Which
2: area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors for people. So, yeah. oh, that's right. I mean, I. They opened the gates. So, and it let shouldn't
0: them in. be disqualifying for an elected official no. No. if no, they participated in January 6th. He didn't,
2: he didn't strike anybody, he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. And the only
1: one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police officer. An unarmed female veteran. Was that's the only, that's yeah. the only one that died. That's the only one died. There's also a, a protester who was beaten to death. No. Was a stroke. That's not
0: that's, that's not, not on caused site by that. That's right. So that woman like like the FBI, the woman at MSNBC believes a cop was killed, believes a cop was beaten to death. The one thing that the Trump supporters got wrong, it was two people. There was the woman who was kicked and beaten, beaten with a, a huge first wood, um, big wooden stick, not even a stick of like a pole uh, and then a metal nightstick. And they said, "Oh, she died from a drug overdose." Then, of course, Ashley Babbitt. I'm sorry, I can't remember the other woman's name. That's horrible. It shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one so woman. So, was
1: shot what do you, you make, though, overall of January 6? I mean, it was watching that footage; it was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our—you know—it's the capital. It looked a lot true. like Antifa's that's actions. Yeah, that's so Except on a much smaller scale, it looked the same as the Black Lives Matter right. That's it's what it, I saw. The similarities to be. The country, burns. Kenosha burns But so it's okay just because, just because just because like, one side that you no, disagree with. I'm it's saying okay. it's even infiltrated. Is good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody who harmed anybody,
2: anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're on there making side. your voice heard at the yep. people's house, no less. Yeah, that, that's again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an american citizen and people should not be being held political prisoner uh because of it
1: for misdemeanors I that's mean, east germany that's east tactics. germany tactics
2: yeah that's what's scary it was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest nice and the other ones that, that were the <laughs> was the
1: protest Legitimate our, in your, your eyes. administration, because... I feel
2: like, is using it as their Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as.
1: I mm-hmm. think that President Trump could have quelled the violence that day. Not him First, I don't no. think no. so, now I don't think so. It
2: started while he was still speaking. I was actually there. I, I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump. Little
1: so did he tell everybody to go and, and start
2: riding? No. I didn't think no, so. No, <laughs> and it actually, um, I, I, I stayed for the whole speech, like a ton of people did. Mm-hmm. And then we all headed to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully, let, peacefully let our voices toward... be heard. And we get to the Capitol and we're like, what the hell going on? Because it had already
0: happened.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw Democratic operatives instigating people
0: to cross barriers. So the point of all that and the connected tissue, again, is look at that woman in MSNBC who thinks to this day that a cop was beaten to death at Jan 6 and that never happened. So we talk often on the show and this brings up a topic for tomorrow that I just feel absolutely called to communicate. We talk a lot about on the show about the evil sandwich. Um, that on top, there are people who know exactly what they're doing. They, they know that they're running a color revolution. They know that they are doing a cultural revolution in America. They know that they're forcing down on, this down on us. They know how it's done. They've done it in other countries. They're doing it here because it's time to blow it up. Because the treasury is drained. They have drained the finances They know that if a full collapse, if it's an uncontrolled collapse, their wealth is going to be taken, their power is at risk. So they're doing a a controlled societal demolition. And those are the people on the top and it's global. And if, if, if you are of the mind that when the World Economic Forum warned about a COVID flu type thing going wild and the need for lockdowns and they rehearsed it with Event 201 and then it happened, and now they warned three years ago about a long dark winter and a fuel crisis and a food crisis and now it's happening. If you're of the mind that, oh, that's certainly happened and interesting but not planned, um, then, then, then just God love your heart and your optimism. And, and to be frank with you, you're loving naivete because plans and schemes have existed forever. And I know, I know I used to work with a a wonderful man who I consider a friend and a dear man and a lovely man who says that, you know, conspiracies don't happen because they get found out. Well, they're saying it in advance. So that's the top picture, the sandwich. Okay. People on the top, there's people on the bottom, like that woman at MSNBC, she's, she's on the bottom of the sandwich she doesn't know she wants to be on tv she wants to be famous i'm guessing i don't know her heart i don't mean to prepare you know bear false witness against her but a lot of people want to be famous i used to want to be famous i i can't for the life of me ever remember why why i ever want to be famous don't get it i i literally cannot conjure the memory of why i can't even conjure the feeling so bizarre but there's a lot of people like her Jake Tapper, you know, I have to admit, I'm surprised there's not a national conversation about the harms of the lockdowns. Jake, Jake what? Jake, it's been there for three years. Functionaries. Debbie Burks is a d- deeply unintelligent woman, a functionary, a supplicant. And in the middle is us. Right? That's, and that's who they're trying to squeeze. Top down, bottom up, squeeze the middle, and said in a different way. But everything we've displayed today is fantastic news. And here's the other bit of news. And we're going to spend some time on this tomorrow. I, well, that's a rather presumptive thing. I'm going to spend some time on this tomorrow. And I would love it if you would, if you would come along with us on this. I want to talk about people who are quietly, with their heads down, defending children and patients secretly. Quietly. Because dang it, uh, we don't do enough talking about that. Uh, we don't talk about the quiet, dignified godly warriors or and sometimes people who haven't yet come to the Lord but are, are helping, I guess defend people, well not I guess, but defending people. They outnumber, Unless it's an industry like tech or pharma, the good people still outnumber the bad people. Oh, there are areas like Seattle, there is not a good school district in Seattle. Not, not a single one. And I used to get parents to say, well, thank, you know, thank the good Lord we live in Issaquah. <laughs> and then, then there was the medical attempted medical kidnappings in Issaquah, the gender jacking. Um, there was the race mongering, there was an Issaquah, and Issaquah is a suburb of Seattle, it's, it's, like, it's like Arlington, Virginia, it's Washington, D.C. or, uh, you know, the suburbs. Uh, it's like San Mateo to San Francisco, kind of. And all of a sudden there's the race mongering and, and then the, the perversion in the schools. So, there are no school districts that are decent in Seattle, but there are in, in a lot of areas around the country. So, if you know people, and listen, please, if you can't give me their names, don't, but if you know people who are keeping their heads down, but they're doing their thing, and this is inspired by something a friend of mine told me, and she sincerely, she was so sincere, it was so important that she be, that I see her saying this, and that I hear her as her friend. And, and it was inspired by by her telling me, hey, look, me and my husband are, are blessed to have our kids at a school where the office lady listens to music about the Lord Jesus all day. And our kids are in that office and they hear it too. And I said, I know you guys have done a wonderful job. And she said, no, 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 but Todd, but Todd, it's really, really important that, she, that, that I just feel so important for you to know this. Our kids are in an environment like that. And I think the broader spectrum of things that she's saying is, Todd, think about the other people, like that office lady. So tomorrow we're going to talk about office ladies. And we're going to talk about nurses who take people aside and say, hey, can I give you some feedback? There's no reason to get your kids injected. And doctors who very carefully walk a line Perhaps they're not open truth warriors, but perhaps their calculus is, hey, buddy, you go be the truth warrior. I'll be the guy who, when it comes time to get a kid injected, who might say to a parent really quietly, hey, I am required by law to make sure that you have informed consent. You don't want me to break the law, do you? Oh, no. Okay. Here are some possible side effects. Here's the likelihood of your kid getting seriously sick from COVID. Do you want to do this? I don't think we spend enough time with that. This lawsuit, praise God, Fauci is going to go into deposition. If I could do one thing before I die, well, there's a lot of things before I die, but I don't keep bucket lists, but there's one fantasy I have is that I one day get to question Tony Fauci. I would have such trouble keeping myself together. I would have such trouble not... Hey, they'd have to seat me across the room like they did with the MSNBC reporter and the dangerous, dangerous Trump supporters. No, actually, I'm a discipled man. The Lord Jesus would hold it together for me. The Holy Spirit would hold it together. We'd just use words. And I would decimate him with the help of God. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And please, in your prayers tonight or wherever you listen to the show, morning, however you're hearing this, please take a moment to truthfully and joyfully praise God that Fauci and his team of ruinous psychopaths are having to go under deposition.